What is up and welcome in. It's another edition of 10,000 Pitches, a podcast devoted to everything Minnesota soccer and beyond. My name is Jeremy Rushing. This is episode 139. And as always, along with me from Hawaii this week, <laughs> Dominic Jose Bazonio. Dom, how are we doing? I'm doing good. I've avoided a sunburn beyond a tiny bit in my ear, so I, I, I'm happy about that. There you um, go. I love it. Also, um, happy that it's been a while since i've done back-to-back episodes uh yes a lot, a lot of stuff going on so glad to there, there's a little competition with 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 potentially this one but i, I want to make sure that i got on to it because uh, uh <laughs> i haven't been doing them a lot so anyways yeah glad to glad to be back a man of the people prioritizing the podcast even when he's on vacation love that love that all right dj well let's uh let's get through some of these notes and some of this stuff and then we can get you back to the beach uh but uh just like first some housekeeping items we are presented by sodasoccer.com it is your home for soccer coverage in the north check us out sotasoccer.com um also subscribe rate and review to the podcast feed if you could um that would be great whether you're listening on spotify or apple Podcasts. leave us that rating leave us that review that would be awesome make sure you're following us on twitter and instagram at soda soc that's at s-o-t-a-s-o-c um and if you want to take that next step and directly support what we're doing make sure you are heading over to patreon.com slash soda soccer um just three dollars a month gets you supporting our work that five dollar tier will get you bonus content so whatever level you want whether you just want to support us or you want to get some bonus content training notes and quotes uh live match threads during uh, mls matches um early access to podcasts like this one and and exclusive interviews um, you can get that all at patreon.com slash soda soccer. It is the lifeblood of what we do. Um, just this week had an interview drop with MNUFC homegrown Patrick Wea. Um, that was available. It's available for everyone now. So if you go to our podcast feed, go to our website, you can see that. But that was actually available a few days early for soda soccer patrons as well. So um, if you want early access to stuff like that and some cool little tidbits you can't get anywhere else on the regular feeds, make sure you're supporting us at patreon.com slash soda soccer really helps us out and shout out to our new patrons three new patrons this week patrick m hugo r and spidey bat love that name spidey bat <laughs> um all becoming patrons this week and you can do that as well patreon.com slash soda soccer we we didn't quite hit our april goal in april but we did blow past it early this month so shout out to everybody who's been subscribing early this month and now all of a sudden we find ourselves just three patrons away from our Magel. So um, if you want to help us reach that goal, again, get bonus content, directly support what we do, head over to patreon.com slash soda soccer. Just need three more patrons before the end of the month. Got a long time to get to it, but just three more patrons helps us hit our goal and helps us uh, remain sustainable uh, moving forward as we continue to hopefully provide you guys great uh, content and coverage that you're enjoying. Of course, one of the content pieces we provide is the 10,000 Pitches podcast, where we discuss a lot of stuff. And uh, this week is no different. A lot on the docket. So let's jump right into it. Minnesota United, a pretty up and down week, I would say. Uh, First starts off with a really disappointing three to two loss to Vancouver Whitecaps Saturday night. Um, If you'd have told me beforehand, hey, they're going to they're going to lose three two to Vancouver. I'd be like, you know what? That's probably fine. Vancouver was due for some goals. They were like sixth in XG in the league coming into this one despite their scoring struggles so that chicken i feel like was going to come home to roost at some point um so i would have thought okay that's fine but it was really the way that this game played out that was so disappointing and we'll get to that in a minute um the four it was a four two three one from heath only difference is we had robin lud back to central midfield and ariaga's absence he was next to will trap 
Fragapane then comes in at left wing. Bongi moves back over to right wing. Uh, we get Sangban in the middle underneath Luis Samaria up top at striker. Adrian Heath has been saying the best way to help a striker get over a slump is to keep picking them and keep putting faith in them. And that's what that's what he had been doing with Amaria. Um, obviously, there was a pretty short uh, short cameo from Amaria in this one, and we'll get to that. But um, jumping into the match here, um, just 17 minutes in, Brian White nets the opener for the hosts as Trap mishandles a pass in the midfield from Andres Cubas, springing the striker all alone in on goal. He finishes Dom. This was the beginning of a lot of issues in this one with the central midfield, very uncharacteristic issues with the central midfield all night long. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard to know exactly where to point to that. I mean, obviously you have um, a change of, of personnel in some positions that continues once, once Rosales comes on, but um, it, it, it felt throughout the day and, particularly in that sort of first half or hour um, felt to me just very disorganized. And yeah. uh, there, there was, they didn't, you, you couldn't feel the synergy that you usually sort of characterize a center midfielder um, or a group of center midfielders yeah. uh, for. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was disappointing. You know, you, you had balls being played poorly that, that lead to some of these goals. You had just, just sort of a poor management of the situation. Uh, and, and, you know, Brian White, who um, over the years now has um, had some big performances against Minnesota United, yep. um, you know, just proved to be sort of yet again the nightmare for, for the team taking advantage of those mistakes. Um, but, yeah, no, it was, you know, I think that what the, the previous game, we kind of talked about how defensively the back half of the team really performed quite well and the team just couldn't really score. Um, well... We kind of got the opposite. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, we, we got multiple goals, and when Minnesota United yeah. scores multiple goals, you expect them to win. Um, we'll jump into that in just a minute. But let's talk about this this change that happens early on in the, in the 29th minute. Joseph Roz- or Joseph Rosales, excuse me, comes on for Amaria in the 29th. He wasn't noticeably limping or anything coming off the field. Um, so there was some speculation uh, on Twitter, as there usually is on Twitter, uh, that this may have been a performance-based uh, early substitution that Heath wasn't really liking what the team was seeing. But um, Heath did say post-game um, that it was a pulled groin, and he went even further calling it an abductor strain for Amaria uh, early in training this week. So it was an injury that caused Amaria to come off. But this sort of really changed things tactically for Minnesota and the way they were approaching this one. Rosales takes the left wing spot. Fraga moves over to central attacking midfield. Sang Ben is now your striker in this. And I think this is something a lot of people were kind of hoping would, would happen like uh, intentionally, uh, you know, it would happen, you know, non-induced by an injury or, or any sort of uh, crazy change that needed to be made in the middle of the match. But we finally get Sang Ben at the striker. We'll get to his performance overall in just a minute. Um, but the loons do equalize just four minutes later and it's not pretty, but it's a goal. Uh, the ball rattles around after a really nice corner kick from Sing Ben. Eventually boxy is able to poke it over the line. Talked last week, Dom about greasy goals. Anytime your center back scores, it's likely going to come in a very unpretty fashion. Uh, Michael Boxall's first goal since I believe April of 2019. So almost four, almost four years. It might've been August, 2019, April or August, but uh, either way, it's just under or just over four years. The last time boxy scored, he doesn't get up into the attack into the mix very much, but that just kind of showed kind of the, the desperation that Minnesota may have needed to get themselves back into this one. 
Yeah, but I mean, at the same time, uh, part of part of the role of a great center back is to is to be able to kind of tap in those ones on set pieces, that kind of thing. But um, yeah, no, I mean, it, it it wasn't a pretty goal. It certainly was less pretty than the other goal that comes later. Yep. Um, but you know, I, I I think that's good. I think in the last couple of games, that's what Manchester United hasn't been doing. They haven't been scoring the sort of sloppy goals that most teams kind of need to build um, wins or or draws off of. So. Um, for what, you know, obviously the game can work out, but um, for the moment, that goal, the, the boxel goal, f- felt like a, a good use of grit to sort of stay in the game, something that we weren't really seeing in the last couple of games. So, I mean, obviously defensively and, and so on, it ends up not being a great game, but for the moment, uh, some really important work from uh, Michael Boxel to be in the right place at the right time. Talked about Brian White being a nightmare for Minnesota. It happens again in the 52nd. Uh, Gressel sends in a dangerous corner, kind of similar to, to how Minnesota got their goal. Um, pinballs around a bit. White is there once again, though, to finish it off. He does take some punishment in the process and actually has to come off uh, the pitch in favor of Simon Besher. He tried to stay on, but he ended up going down just a few seconds after coming back on the pitch. So um, hopefully he's okay. I haven't really looked up to see what his status is is for their next match if there's a, a lingering injury that's going to be affecting him longer term this season i hope not because he's a really good player um but he comes off simon betcher comes on and simon betcher might be the new nightmare for minnesota he's <laughs> the one who got the uh the goal uh at the death when vancouver came to minnesota uh, a couple months back a month or so back and now he takes advantage of another midfield miscue a failed back pass from Lud. Is handled by Ryan Gall. He springs Betcher in on goal. St. Clair really powerless here to stop uh, stop this chance from Betcher. Um, and all of a sudden, in the blink of an eye, you go from 1-1 draw to down 3-1 early in the second half. And again, it's kind of the midfield. It's kind of that back six. You normally expect them to be so solid, but just for whatever it is, just weren't able to connect and have any cohesion in this one. Yeah, again, it's, it, it, it's just that lack of synergy um those little moments where you make a bad pass you send a bad ball into a dangerous area like that sort of border of the of the defensive third uh it, it's it's the kind of mistake that every time you do it you're going to get punished for it um, yeah 100 so you know it, it, it i don't know if there's too much more to say about it than that just that um unfortunately this loons team that night was making a lot of those calls and that results in goals so you know yeah. they, they they need to not be doing that i think the the positive is the fact that they haven't necessarily been doing that a lot mm-hmm. um in previous games but against vancouver it just unfortunately it was a, a frequent a frequent problem so yeah. lack of finishing was not necessarily an issue in this one but there were some real missed opportunities uh, down the stretch here um, should have equalized or excuse me. Let's, let's talk about saying Ben's first goal though, before we get there. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm skipping ahead of myself a little bit. Um, just four minutes later, Minnesota gets back into it in the 65th um, saying Ben's first Minnesota United goal, a really nice finish after Lud takes advantage of a caps giveaway feeds the South Korean in the box. Um, and he tucks it away really nicely, really good shot. Um, I want more of saying Ben in and around goal. I, I want to see him in the mix. You know, he's in that cam slot. He's really been kind of getting lost uh, in the, in the run of the match. It seems um, over these first couple times, but we see here, if he's able to get in around the box and get a ball in a dangerous area, he has got, he's got some finishing quality to him. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think even in some previous games when he's had opportunities to kind of get in and around the edges of the box and across, and I think there's been things people have really, really liked that I've I've liked. Um, but this goal, I really showed up what he can do more centrally in the box. I was a good goal, one of the better goals of the night, to be honest. Um, and and I, I think, you know, obviously the game ends in, in a loss and, and there's a lot of negatives to take from that. But um, at, at the individual level, I, I think it's really good, one, for him to have the opportunity to play in that position, the team, but also that he scores because I, I think, you know, this is a young guy who's mm-hmm. made a huge change in his life. Um, and, and he's played very well, but I, I think that it wouldn't be abnormal if there weren't a lot of stresses sort of informing his performances. And yeah. uh, I, I think uh, getting that goal almost surely helps kind of open some, some pathways, some mental pathways for him uh, just to settle in and feel like, you know, progress is being made. And, and for the fan base too, that progress is being made with the signing. Um, mm-hmm. There's something there to work with some goal involvements to look forward to. So um, on that yeah. side, I think that's a big silver lining from this result as a whole. Um, and, and also just individually as a moment, it was a, it was a good goal when the team really needed one, which you, you like to see from a forward. Yeah. Uh, really good finish from him, more from him as the game goes on, but loons really should have equalized here in the 71st as DJ Taylor sends a perfect low cross in the box, really on a plate for Garcia. And they said this on the broadcast and it, it watching the replay is a really good uh, analysis. It almost seems like it surprised Garcia that Taylor's ball was able to get hook around the defense and get to his feet <laughs> because he didn't seem to be expecting it. He actually overran it a little bit as well. And this ball on the doorstep, which nine times out of 10, you think that this is going to the back of the net. Garcia doesn't even get a shot off here. He mishandles the pass, overruns it, and just nothing ends up happening of that. A real head-scratching moment. Uh, and what could have been, you know, salvaging a point for Minnesota in this one. And then very late on, Singbin comes up cramping, but he has to stay on with Minnesota out of subs. And then as he sort of kind of shakes off the cramp, almost equalizes with the last kick of the match <laughs> as he sends in a curling right footer from the broadcast angle. This looks like this is going top corner. This looks like this is going directly in the back of the net, but misses by inches and Minnesota ends up on the wrong side of a 3-2 loss. It is uh, four losses in five for Minnesota in league play now. Um, far cry from their five-match uh, uh, five lossless streak, five-match undefeated streak, I should say, uh, to start the season. Um, but we are where we are. The, of course, the big news of the day for Minnesota, though, did not necessarily come on the pitch. And this is where we'll kind of talk about this. Amanda Reynoso back in Minnesota. Dom, before we kind of get into the some of the details here, your first reaction when you saw the news? Uh, I was surprised. <laughs> yeah. It was like two days or no, yeah, something like that. A couple of days after we recorded the last podcast. And um I, I did not expect there to be any story developments about this for the foreseeable yeah. future. Um, not positive ones, anyways. Um, so yeah, I mean, surprised. Um I'm very curious to see what the timeline is for this process. I know that's the big question mark for everybody right now, but um, very intriguing, very interesting that, you know, whatever has been going on in the the previous failed flights and so on, um, that something was figured out to get him back, at least to get his feet back 
in Minnesota is is uh, fascinating. <laughs> yeah, really. So I, I mean, I just you know that's all I really know. But um, yeah, fascinating. Yeah, that was kind of my reaction too. I was you know not expecting it after the last developments that we had last week that they were trying to get him back and they booked him a flight and he just didn't get on the flight. That to us, we even said that seems like deal breaker a deal breaker type situation, but actually it was quite the opposite where it seems like it almost served as a launching pad or a connection point, a reconnection point between Reynoso and the club to eventually get him uh, back in Minnesota. This is going to be a long process though. We had people on our Twitter asking if he was going to play against Philly. Uh, No, no, it's going to be quite a bit because he is, he's still suspended as we're recording this again, his suspension might've been lifted by the time you guys uh, listen to this, but you know, as we're recording here early Thursday afternoon, he is still suspended by major league soccer. Um, So there's the whole process of a getting that taken care of doing what Ray has to do to become just eligible to play again. But then there's the factor of fitness in this as well for as far as, I mean, the team he's it's not like he's been not showing up but still on like a club training regimen like that's not that's that hasn't been happening um as much as we know there was an argentine report that came out a a couple months back um you know as much as we know about what he's been doing maybe he's been playing with his neighborhood club that's what the the report indicated um so that to me it seems like the most he could be doing in terms of training and actually you know doing anything close to playing soccer uh while down there And even then, the intensity and what's required in Major League Soccer in both not only in matches, but every day on the training ground as well, it's a far cry to playing in a neighborhood league. So he's going to, this is really, whatever day he kind of first steps on the pitch and gets going, whether that was Tuesday, whether that was Wednesday, whether it's today on Thursday, that's, that's day one of training camp for him right? That's really how it needs to be seen. And the ramp up from training camp to the regular season, you know, for in normal circumstances is mid January to late February, like a six week uh, preseason training. Um, I don't think it'll take six weeks for Ray to get back uh, so long as he's eligible, but it's going to take a little while. And I mean, maybe late May, maybe early June, but over the next couple of weeks, I don't really expect to see much of Manuel Reynoso on the pitch. No, no, I don't either. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, what he, as much as what he did uh, may have upset, um, or what he didn't do, may have upset, um, you know, fans, it also violated league policies. Yes. <laughs> um, that has to be dealt with. You know, that that's a serious matter for the league from a financial and sort of orderly uh, perspective. Um and, and understandably, that's going to be a process. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it was interesting to hear, um, gosh, I think it was Adrian Heath kind of talking about, talking to the league about that and, and, and mentioning that process was underway. Um, but, yeah, I imagine that'll take a while. And then, like you said, once that's through, with all due respect to what any teams or f- folks he's been training or playing with um, in Argentina, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, He's going to need a considerable uh, <laughs> uh, increase in his in his workload for that. So uh, it's probably going to be a while. That being said, when he when he uh, when it was announced that he had come back, I w- there was a part of me that was like, "Wow, what a what a power move would it be to just start Reno?" So at the time, <laughs> 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 I 
this look like, like may, I don't know is he suspended for open cup games? I don't even know how that works. So here's kind of the, the flip side of that though is they are in the middle of a run of nine matches in 29 days. Mm. I think it's gonna be a point as soon as he's eligible and he as soon as he has any semblance of fitness underneath him, like you have to he has to be yeah. in the mix just because you need bodies right now, right? Yeah. You, I mean, you need guys who can play. So I think on the flip side of what we were talking about, where it is going to be a while before he gets to full fitness, I wouldn't expect him to play a full 90 until like late June, early July. Sure, but sure. but he's it's almost going to be required of him to, as, as soon as he is seen as, okay, yep, he can step onto the field in a match, he is going to have to, it feels like, with this yeah. run of games that Minnesota is currently on. Because not only do you have this gauntlet of league play, but as you advance further in the open cup, which is, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a good thing, right. To advance in the open cup. It requires more of those midweek matches between two weekend match days. So you have to kind of be strategic in how you're doing this, but I also think maybe it could expedite that process a little bit for Ray to actually get his feedback on the pitch in a match. Um, But again, eligibility standards withstanding there. um, There are certain, things that he's going to have to go through obviously in the locker room we haven't even talked about what he needs to do in the locker room to sort of re-ingratiate himself with this team i mean there he's got a lot of relationships to men there as well um obviously he's got to earn back the trust of the coaching staff as well so i mean there's a lot he's gonna have to do um but with this sort of murderer's row of games that they're on midweek weekend midweek weekend pretty much from now to the end of may you know i feel like he is gonna have to get in the mix as soon as he's even close to ready for sure and then by you know by the way you have the Leeds cup games on the horizon to, to yep. think about they're gonna fill out the the schedule more yeah no uh i mean once he's available the team will at the very least need him to be on the bench um yeah that yeah no, no question you make a good point though to to touch on quickly which is just that you know as much as he probably has work to do in terms of getting back to fitness or uh you know getting back into the the tactics of the team etc um, he also probably, probably, this is, I guess, speculation, but he, he probably has a lot of work to do with talking to his fellow players um, because, you know, ro- soccer rosters at any level are, you know, very much a, a brotherhood, a sisterhood, yep. um, especially the good ones. Um, and, you know, I, I mean, I don't think any of the players necessarily came out and spoke ill of him, but, you know, many of them made it clear that they were not in, in communication with him and that, they were kind of working on moving on um, from the situation. And, uh, you know, I can imagine that is the front face of some hurt feelings. Um, so if they, everyone wants to play well together, uh, that they're going to have to work on that. Um, you know, I, I, I've, I've seen players leave teams much smaller than Minnesota United, but I've seen players leave teams midseason for one reason or another. And, and how quickly that leaves a pretty sour mark on their teammates. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a, there's a feeling of abandonment that can happen with that very quickly. So um, whatever the reason may be, I don't, they still don't really know the reason that he didn't come but, uh, to training camp. But um, anyway, so uh, yeah, but I think that's probably going to be as big of a part of the work he has to do is just making sure that he's on good terms with everybody, that everybody's ready to play with him again. Absolutely. All right. More on the Reynoso saga as we move on, uh, as we move along here, obviously there'll be more, 
more details to come out on on what exactly he needs to do to get reinstated and you know, how long that process is going to be. So um, just make sure you're following us, you know, at Soda Soccer on or at Soda Soc on Twitter, SodaSoccer.com. Uh, stay up to date on all that news. Um, big news though on the field midweek here is an eight to seven shootout win for Minnesota over the Philadelphia Union after drawing three three over 120 minutes. This match had it all, Dom. I had the night off, but I was still at Allianz Field with my daughter, and we were treated for quite the match. Uh, let's first talk about the lineup, though. Bit of a lineup mm-hmm. switch, as you know, a lot of times these Open Cup midweek games sort of uh, necessitate uh, some creativity and, and something a little bit different from uh, from your roster and from your formation. And we saw that from Heath. It was a 3-5-2. Tapias, Coleman, and Boxall along the back. Lawrence and Taylor are your wingbacks. Uh, midfield three of Rosales, Dotson, and Wood, and Garcia and Sang Ben paired up top. I don't know about you, Dom. I got a little excited when I saw Sang Ben <laughs> and Garcia paired up top there because, just, as we were just talking about, he gets the goal, gets a near equalizer against Vancouver, looks really good in and around the box. Kind of really, really was interested to see how this looked for a longer period of time. Yeah, no, it grabbed my attention immediately. I mean, I think it grabbed uh, everybody at, at, at Soda Soccer's attention immediately when we saw that lineup. Um, the the opportunity to see San Ben and, and Garcia together, and also you know the opportunity to see formation change again, this sort of uh, back three adjustment. Um, I think everyone was really interested to see how that would play out. Yeah. Uh, you know, th- this game was an interesting opportunity in terms of experimentation, because obviously in the Open Cup, MLS teams experiment a bit in a lot of their games, particularly in the, the sort of first two thirds of the competition. But we, we we are also playing an MLS team, so it's not necessarily you know. There, there's an interesting amount of room for experimentation, but you also have to make sure you're not <laughs> stretching yourself too thin because, of course, the other team you're playing is another first division team. So, um, yeah, it was just an interesting opportunity. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get into how the game went, but uh, I, I thought that the formation provided a really interesting opportunity to see players stretch different muscles, use different skills, and, and some folks thrived quite well in it. Defensively, it doesn't end up being an amazing game, but... Um, there were certainly some folks that it seemed to to thrive with the uh, experimentation. Yeah, for sure. Um, so no score at half, nil-nil at the break, but things do pick up in the second 45. And this really starts not even in the second 45, but in the last half hour, because Bongi comes on in the 62nd minute and completely changes the game with his in, in, uh, insertion. Um, 68, so just six minutes after coming on the pitch, an amazing hustle play from DJ Taylor to thwart a Philly clearance attempt and keep the ball in the attacking third. Eventually, the ball finds Bongi, who finishes to put Minnesota up 1-0. Just five minutes later, Bongi again dribbling his way through a trio of Union defenders and finding Josef Rosales for the 2-0 lead. Um, this, this is this is Bongi just making uh, really a, a good – I'm not going to say a good. That's such an understatement. But like making a really influential impact in the game so soon after coming on. Um, let's go ahead and just kind of go through this whole second half sequence before sure. we actually analyze it though. So Chris Donovan, Chris Donovan pulls one back in the 78th and then Kai Wagner equalizes at the very death to take, take us to extra time here. So we kind of get the good and the bad. We get Bongi coming in, really making an impact, you know, two goals in a five minute span that he is contributing to. Um, you know, Philly pulls one back. They're Philly. You expect them to do that, especially once they put all their all their starters back on the field as they didn't really start with a lot of their starters, but they sort of started to insert them as the game went on. So you would expect that. But it's another match where we see the last kick of regulation 
Minnesota give up that equalizer. Um, what? Give me, give me your thoughts on on the second half overall before we get into what happened in extra time. Uh, you know, I, I thought defensively we saw um, moments of resurgence with some of the problems from the previous game, from the uh, the the league game against Vancouver. Um, you know, it, particularly second half. You know, you know, halftime was zero zero. So I suppose you can give them some credit with that. But in the second half, things just got a little scrappy, a little disconnected. Um, on the bright side, offensively, I thought. I mean, uh, Bondi with with a wonderful forty five minute uh, performance that that continues after the forty five minutes. Yep. Um, you know, really good goal and assist. Not just a goal and assist, but really well done goals and assists from from Bondi. Um, the first goal, I believe, was the header. Really nice flicks header. Really smart, intelligent goal in the box. Um, the assist. You know, it. it really good work right from him to get into position and then also some good intelligence to know um that he's he's lost the opportunity to take that shot for himself yep. to look for someone else um just just good sort of moment recognition um and and you know obviously he scores more later but uh yeah i, I think even just those two goal involvements um reflect what we've been talking about all season with what feels like has improved with him and his uh sort of awareness his his moment awareness in the game making the right calls making the right decisions being dangerous in the box um you know for what it's worth you know, i think we thought last episode that there was some commentary about whether or not he was making the most of his opportunities um i i, I think we both kind of agreed that some of that was maybe a little harsh but um at the same time if that is the case then he certainly answered that well in this game yeah for sure. um so yeah i i felt like you know a, a lot didn't go right in this game but, you know, at the end of the day, the team made it through. And also, you get some really important performances from a couple of guys, particularly Paul Um, And, you know, if you can get on to the next round and have a guy like him who's very young uh, have a big performance that can kind of inform probably the next month of, of how he develops and grows with this team, uh, that's huge. That That's almost as good as a win. So, um, yeah, I, I think I think – Again, you know, we'll get to there was some some more scrappy moments before the game ended, but uh, he, I, I was really happy to see just how invested he got into those forty five hour minutes that he played, and, and how much of an impact he was able to uh, make, not just as doing crazy bongy things or whatever, but yeah. making clinical smart choices. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of a when you talk the what you're referring to is kind of the the article I wrote for Soda Soccer last week, sort of describing what Adrian Heath wanted to see from Bongi and kind of his next evolution, and it was kind of echoing that like he's putting in the work, the work rate's there. We just got to see him be more clinical. We got to see him be more um, ad, take more advantage of those situations which he's in and around goal and can make something happen. Um, he did that in this one. He absolutely answered that call uh in this one and extra time was basically just a microcosm of the second half bongi <laughs> scores in the 103rd minute and then the, again the very last kick of extra time it's kai wagner putting a left-footed curler off a free kick around the wall and in the back of the net it's twice in one match they uh philly is able to equalize at the very very depth to send us into the next stage and of course the next stage in this one is penalty kicks and one of the best in terms of actual quality penalties taken one of the best shootouts you will see in major league soccer. I mean, really clinical finishes each way and only one miss through seven rounds for both of these teams. Um, but 
it is pretty uh pretty appropriate that it comes down to Kai Wagner against Clint Irwin. And the, I think the the one bad penalty in the shootout was off the foot of Kai Wagner. Um, I don't know if he's I don't know if he's purposely putting it more towards the middle or he just absolutely misses because he's exhausted. But either way, um, actually it ends up being a, I mean it was a good save. Anytime you can make a save as a goalkeeper in a shootout, it's a very good right. save and it's earned. But also kind of an easy one in the end because he doesn't really pick a corner. It's not too far to one side. Um, And that's it. Minnesota wins 8-7 in the shootout to move on in exciting fashion. Um, Always great to move on in a tournament. You know, and the Open Cup, I think we both agree, is probably Minnesota's best chance to get silverware this year and advance and put themselves in the CONCACAF Champions League. Um, So especially now that they've gotten to the round of 16. But this also really puts them in a disadvantageous situation for Saturday because you have only, and I'm going to try to find this tweet, our very own John Marthaler put this out um, earlier. There are only five Minnesota United players who have played less than 120 minutes over the last week. Um, You have Zarek Valentin at 44, Kervin Arriaga at 44, Cameron Dunbar at 20, Mender Garcia at 88, and then Luis Amaria, who is for all intents and purposes still hurt um who's only played 28 in that period so i know it's a league game against saturday on saturday against skc but with the minutes that these guys have been logging there there will certainly be some sort of rotation in there you have to think right probably has to be yeah um i i think the 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 role of the dice with that one of course is that skc have had a quite rough start to the year um, and so if on paper, you think, okay, well, that maybe is the team to do that against. Um, of course, they just, uh, gosh, not forgetting, who, who, they just They went on the road and beat Seattle. Seattle. Yeah, yeah, they Seattle. Um, so, <laughs> you know, who knows what to make of that. Um, yeah. But I, I think there's almost certainly going to have to be at least some mild rotation. I just think you've got some guys that have too many miles on their legs and too short of a time to really risk that. Um, and on, to the point of the Reynoso uh, use them as soon as you can. Uh, you can't really afford to have any of these guys get like long-term injuries. So, um, yeah. yeah, I think there's at least some mild rotation, not necessarily the whole squad, you know, not necessarily a whole squad of like doubloons, but like, yeah. you know, uh, some mild rotation, I think is going to be necessary. I mean, Bongi's going to play another 90 plus, you know that just because he's an absolute, <laughs> he's an absolute workhorse. Um, Fragapane did not play a full match. He came on uh, right around the same time Bongi did in the second half. So you have to imagine he's probably back in there. We will probably see a lot of Cameron Dunbar. We saw some good things from him mm. in the Philadelphia match, making things happen. Uh, leaving, I can't remember who the Philly defender was, but leaving a Philly defender absolutely in the dust, clutching their leg on the end line. Um, like they had just gotten hurt, even though there was no contact. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, so, you know, I, I want to see more. I've wanted to see more of Cameron Dunbar. It seems like through necessity, we might actually get that on Saturday. So that to me, seems like it, it might possibly be a positive uh, for Minnesota. But, you know, this team, we've, we've seen them really be, find success this season in situations where they've had to rely on depth. Um, nearly beating Vancouver at, at home, missing seven starters being one of those occasions, um, finding two open cup wins in you know, situations where they've had to rotate a little bit. Uh, one of those being against Philadelphia union, um, who I think we're kind of looking at this tournament, especially after the LAFC loss is kind of something that they wanted to go after, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, you, you deny them in the round of 32. 
So, you know, they're, I'm still optimistic about Minnesota's chances, especially because even though Kansas City beats Seattle, they fall 1-0 midweek to Dynamo in the Open Cup. So there's still, those goal-scoring issues are still there for Kansas City. Um, and if you can, if you can just find, find a goal, find two, if you're Minnesota, you have a really good opportunity to come out with a, a result in this one. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and, you know, to, to come back to what you said, I think the, the a little earlier, uh, the Open Cup is a huge opportunity still for this team, despite all the struggles, to to get something uh, to that silverware this season. Um, and I think one thing that's just going to be interesting is Minnesota United is kind of entering now the stage of this tournament where you really have to start making big calls about what matches you're prioritizing. Because um, this round, yep. where this is like the last round where an MLS team can kind of get away with not taking it overly seriously. Um, even yep. if you're playing another MLS team, just most teams are going to play at least a couple guys that don't usually start, that sort of thing. Um, from here on out, you're basically just playing high-level league matches, more or less is what it looks like. And um, yep. so, you know, uh, it, it's going to get to the stage now where the prioritization is going to have to start. It's going to be interesting to see how the Loons navigate that. Um, yeah, and and, and uh, just a quick, I mean, you already mentioned the, the penalty save, but just, yeah, a, a quick... Second shout out to, to Clint Irwin with a, a huge performance from him um, and, and, you know, managing the psychology of taking the, or, or saving a pen uh, from a player who scored on you twice on the day that that's, there's a lot going on there mentally yep. for both guys. So just a great, great moment for him. Um, and obviously what's been, you know, a quieter season, but a good shift from him. So happy to see that. Yeah. And you know, what's interesting about Clint Irwin and we'll have one more thought before we start getting into lower league stuff. Um, he was with the Rapids and was actually in goal last year for Colorado getting heckled by about 400 Minnesota United fans who were there for the morning after storm U S open cup game where they had to postpone it until the next day. So then he goes from that to being the hero for Minnesota United in the open cup uh that's uh you know just just one of those storylines that that you can't you can't write it just plays itself out <laughs> in, in real life you gotta love it um you also gotta love our friends at Galasso kits who we're gonna talk about right now on the show g-o-l-a-c-o kits.com bringing unique vintage jerseys to your home this is not 2023 brand new kits this is some of the old school stuff some recent stuff that um is kind of unique it's vintage it's Something that you want to add to your kit collection for sure. So check it out and use code loons at checkout, L O O N S at checkout, and you'll get 15% off your order. What can you get 15% off of? Well, just go to golassokits.com and look up any team. Look up your Premier League team, look up your, your European team, look up your MLS team, um, and you'll you'll find something. You'll find something. Uh, you'll find a, a kit, you'll find apparel, you'll find jackets, you'll find scarves, you'll find really anything that you want from your team and it's all kind of unique and vintage which is a really cool aspect of what Golasso Kits provides. So, make sure you're heading there right now, golassokits.com, g o l a c o kits.com. You can buy a jersey, you, you can buy it, you can buy something. You can get a mystery kit so you can, you know, for a lesser price, you can get, you know, you know pick a kit that you want and just be like, "Hey, I just want a kit. Send me a kit. This is my size, just send me something." Um and they'll send it to you and you can still use that code loons to get 15% more off of your order there surprise kits surprise packages or just any type of unique vintage soccer uh kits and apparel that you want from your team so again golasso kits.com code loons l-o-o-n-s at checkout to get 15% off your order 
Big thanks to our friends at Colosso Kids for sponsoring this week's episode of the 10,000 Pitches Podcast. All right, so let's talk MNUFC2 here down real quick. Doubloons win their home opener 3-2 to two in a PK shootout after drawing 3-3 in regulation. Uh, it was Jesse Kahn and Patrick Wea putting the twos up 2-0 before half. Um, Chicago pulls three back early in the second half to take a 3-2 lead. And then the Loons, uh, I would say they were a recipient of, but they really made this happen uh, down the stretch. Diogo Pacheco getting in a really dangerous position, sending a dangerous ball in the box, deflects off the foot of former forward Madison standout Eric Leonard and goes into the back of the net. And that's how we get 3-3 before stop or before uh, penalty kicks. They go, so here's how MLS Next Pro works, if you don't already know. So they, they, play the, they play the match. If it ends in a draw after 90 minutes, each team gets a point. But then they play. will play a penalty shootout right after that. The winner of the penalty shootout will receive an extra point. So this match is kind of a draw, kind of a win for Minnesota. But anyways, uh, Fred Emmings with two stops in the shootout to propel Minnesota to that extra point, sending the fans home from the NSC. Very, very happy. Don, Don, Don I'm just called you Don. Dom, your quick thoughts on MNUFC 2 and Chicago Fire 2. I'm really happy to see uh, Minnesota United 2 kind of get the – uh, the monkey off their back with some of the tough results they've been having. They've been uh, unlucky on some nights, and then they've also, you know, been outplayed on some nights. And so it was really good to see them get uh, the the sort of win, whatever the the penalty win uh, in this game. Obviously, second half there's some rough moments there, but but really good to see some goals from you know the cons and the layers of the world, and and mm. great to see Fred Emmings, you know, come up big in the penalty shootout. So um, yeah, I, I think. I think it's a it's it's a good way to in the same way that I that we talked about last week that their penalty loss was a good opportunity to build on some of the issues they had been having. I, I think then this is very easily the next chapter of that um, to to build off of to sort of have this penalty win, some good performances, some good goals, uh, and use that to inform uh, next week's game. But yeah, no, just just really glad to see some young guys showing up big for the team, and uh, you know kind of doing what needs to be done when it matters most. Absolutely. So um, they uh, they go back on the road now. So, <laughs> hey, hey, you played six matches on the road. Welcome home. And then we're going to send you right back out on the road. Um, but uh, they do play three of their next four back at the NSC um, over the next month or so. So head on out. You know, if you're an old school Minnesota United fan and you kind of miss the vibes at the National Sports Center when the Loons are in the NASL, you can kind of relive that a little bit with uh, with MNUFC2, a very exciting MNUFC2 team this year as well. So go on out and support them at the National Sports Center. Um, a lot of people went out to Mall of America this weekend and, uh, you know, supported Minnesota Aurora and their reveal of their new kit. Um, the Instant Classic Kit is what it was called. Um, a little bit of a of a difference from last season. Last season, you know, it, it, last season's really popped. It had the 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 Northern Lights aspect to it. Um, you really got to see a lot of creative aspects of it. This one though is it's a lot more simple, but I do think that's a good it's a good balance of what they have with with their other kit and now what they have with the Instant Classic kit. Uh, I think Cassie Sabnisky, uh was one who designed this one. Of course, she designed all the great forward Madison kits that you know and love, and now she's helping out Minnesota Aurora. But, I mean, it's very simplistic, and in a world where we kind of always see those kind of over-the-top, you know, hugely designed kits that are made to really pop on social media, 
this one popped, but in a, in a different way. It was very simple. And uh, I, I really enjoyed that aspect of it. Yeah, I mean, it goes without saying that 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 club just knows how to how to how to make good uh, merchandise and and put together good designs and find the right people to do that with yep. and for them. Um, so I mean, no surprises there really. But um, was was great to uh, was great to I wasn't there, but it was great to to see that the event went well. It was great to see a lot of different media folks, you know, coming out to, to cover it as well. Um, yeah, so look, look, look forward to seeing how it all looks um, when they're you know, playing on the pitch. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then they also had their media day, which our very own Matthew Johnson was at on Tuesday. So make sure you're checking out Soda Soccer. He's going to have kind of a recap of both the kit reveal and media day up on the website Friday morning. So make sure you're checking that out, sodasoccer.com, for all your Aurora coverage this season as well. Um, jumping down to the lower league on the men's side, the Minnesota Super Cup. It was Minnesota United's U19 team narrowly defeating Minneapolis City 1-0 to kick off the tournament. Goal scored by Miguel Leon. Um, really cool atmosphere at Ador Nelson Field. They had a sellout crowd of over 1,200 on hand, which is amazing to see. Um, you saw the just saw the cool picture of all the supporters and things like that. This is the type of if you're if you're the Minnesota Super Cup, this is the type of environment that you want to cultivate to start your tournament. And obviously not a better place to do that than Ador Nelson Field in Minneapolis City because you know they're going to go all out for it. Yeah, it was really great to see uh, such a such a big crowd, sizable crowd, um, and crowd with good energy show up for this game. Obviously, that that adds to the to the event of it all. Um, so yeah, shout out to everybody that that came out for that. Um, definitely would have liked to go, couldn't, but would have liked to go. Um, on the, on the pitch side of things, really interesting. You know, I think we, we had already talked a little bit about with the Minnesota United U19 team, um, but there's some question marks about what that, you know, how competitive will that team be compared to these other teams? Will they blow the lower league teams out of the water or will they struggle? Or, you know, what, what's what's uh, what's that going to look like? And we finally have a little bit of sample data now um, with this, this close win. Not a hugely dominant win by any means. Um, I know Minneapolis City had some chances that they, you know, would, would normally have probably made the most of uh, to, to not make it a 1-0 loss. But, um, yeah, but, uh, you know, Minnesota United did come away with the win. Uh, it's a really interesting start to the tournament, sort of sets up uh, an extra layer of importance, you know, with the, the United-Duluth game, the Duluth-City game, uh, knowing that, you know, now the, the Crows have that, that uh, point deficit to make up for. Um, but yeah, just great. And, and by the way, it was really cool. Um, the, I think the Minnesota United Academy account posted, you know, they sang Wonderwall in the locker room afterwards and, mm-hmm. um, and all that. So it's, it's a really cool experience for a lot of these guys on this team. Um, a, a quick reminder, by the way, because I did see some people incorrectly, uh, after the game labeling the team as Minnesota United 2. Uh, it's not Minnesota United 2, it's Minnesota no. United U, U19 team. Uh, those are different teams. Some of the players, in theory, are shared, but it's a different team. Um, but uh, but in a way, for me, that's really that's the coolest part of it is that a lot of these guys are not used to playing in environments like that yep. with over a thousand people. Um, even if they're cheering against them, uh, they're not used to playing in those kinds of environments. So I think that's a really cool opportunity for them. Hopefully, that extends to you know the rest of the tournament. But yeah, just uh, really cool that this this cup is enrolling. Really great way to start it. Um, and a really interesting sort of narrative beginning with how competitive this U19 team uh, can be against these sort of high-level amateur teams. 
Absolutely. Really cool environment. Shout out to Minneapolis City for cultivating it. Shout out to MNUFC U19s for coming away with the victory, a big victory for them to kick off the group stage. Um, and we got more fun to come. Vlora and Minneapolis City, or excuse me, Vlora and Med City, excuse me, will kind of be yeah. the next uh, the next match in the tournament up uh, next week, I believe. Um, so make sure you're uh, keeping track of all our social channels to, to follow that. But speaking of Vlora, UPSL week two provided us uh, maybe a, a little bit of a better glimpse as to what this uh, conference is going to look like top to bottom, where some of these teams are going to finish. We had some teams that you know kind of stayed the course from week one, some teams that got big wins to overcome bad results, some teams that sort of took, took some steps back. Um, Dom, I'm going to give the floor to you here, though. Kind of, kind of break yeah. us down week two of the UPSL Midwest West slate. Yeah, like you said, really interesting uh, set of games here. And a, and a couple of these results are, are midweek games from last Wednesday as well. Um, but a really interesting run of games um, that already there's a couple of things I think a lot of people were thinking after the official week one, which was just three games that have already changed. Um, so we start the two midweek games last Wednesday were a 3-1 win for the St. Paul Blackhawks over FC Minneapolis and then a 5-1 win for St. Croix over Granite City. Um, really interesting results there. I think we actually talked about the, the, the first two of those last episode, but, um, but those were those carryovers that those were included in the article we put out this week. Um, really interesting results there. Build on to that, you have Austin Villa win 2-0 on the road against the St. Paul Blackhawks. You have Superior City win 2-1 at home to Maple Crook. Uh, St. Croix 5-0. Worthington, Valora 3-0, FC Minneapolis, and then Minneapolis City 4-1, Granite City. Uh, so, you know, the, the big things that stand out to me from all that is, first of all, Austin Villa, that result is really interesting. Um, the fact that, well, first of all, just the fact that Austin Villa won and the Blackhawks lost their second game of the season after kind of being assumed to be one of the main competitors is an interesting note. Um, but also, Austin Villa won this game on the road. And last yeah. year, that was the one thing they didn't do. Um, so if, if Austin Villa can be the team they were last year, but also get points on the road, uh, they might be a much more serious contender than even I, uh, thought. Uh, so that's really exciting. Superior city two for two with wins is really impressive. Yeah. Um, they, they haven't had to play any of the sort of Titan kind of expected Titan teams yet, but the fact that they're picking up pretty clean points against everybody else is really encouraging for them. Um, Lumsden with another goal, uh, the winner in this one. Maplebrook took the lead, but uh, Superior did well to, to recover from that in the home opener. Um, I think there was some tough weather in that game as well, so they did well to play through that. Uh, St. Croix with 10 goals in two games is yeah. crazy. This was a team that nobody really knew what to think about. Um, and I, not just me, but I, I know lots of people in the scene were not sure what to think of this UPSL St. Croix team. Um, they have made it very clear what their intentions are, which is to be very competitive and win games. Um, you know, their roster for the UPSL is essentially the same roster as their USL League Two team. Mm -hmm. um, they're, they're doing a sort of a, a large bubble roster sort of format, like, say, Minneapolis City last year with USL League Two and NPSL. Um, and uh, so, you know, it'll be interesting to see once League Two starts how that maybe affects their form of the UPSL. But for now, they are absolutely kicking ass uh, every chance they get. Uh, Kevin Andrews, who we talked about last week, he had a goal and assist in that. In the first game, he had another two goals uh, in this game. So he, he's been really good for them. Um, Valora, 
and Minneapolis City both responding really well to their draws with some good wins against teams that you would expect to be competitive. I was actually a little surprised that Valora beat FC Minneapolis by the margin they beat them, but um, showing the quality uh, Pablo Campos made his uh, debut for this season, started that yep. game and assisted one of the goals. Um, really good teamwork, really good cohesive goals um, from them just through that game. Uh, and Minneapolis City, yeah, 4-1, Granite City. That game was 1-1 at halftime. It was actually a pretty tight game. And they really pulled ahead in the second half. I believe uh, uh, Kamel too scored the second Minneapolis City goal of the game. He's the uh, golden boot winner from the last Futures season. Um, so interesting to see some of those guys really, really growing into this this season already. But yeah, so you know, obviously it's only two games. Standings far from cemented in any way. But it's interesting. You can already see you see Valora and Minneapolis City doing well, but you also see Saint Croix, Superior City. Um, to a lesser degree, the Blackhawks and Austin Villa you know, already picking up some really important points um, that you you could see help them at least mount a playoff push. So um, just some really encouraging results for a lot of teams, some really surprising results. I think I expect the St. Croix to be good. I don't know if I expected them to be 10-1 and in two games good. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, so just just really interesting, really interesting stuff. Um, if if you haven't already, we, we've been doing – weekly recaps of this stuff as well with more information, more, you know, names, goal scores, all that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, just uh, just a really exciting start to the UPSL, which is great because, you know, every other league is starting pretty soon. So it's good that the UPSL is really getting some sort of blockbuster moments already out of the way to kind of help people see what's going on with the, with their teams. But uh, yeah, so a uh, really interesting couple of first steps in this, uh, this uh, season. Absolutely. And um, we had one more kind of uh, inter-conference matchup, right, Dom? We had Med City yeah. winning the second annual I-90 Cup 3-0 against Austin Villa. It's it's really cool. It doesn't happen very often nowadays unless it's in the USASA Amateur Cup, which the UPSL is not involved in. So we really don't even get it there. Um, maybe in some like preseason type friendly environments, you may get some crossover, but it's very rare that we get any of that league crossover now. So I think anytime you can get it, I think it's a lot of fun. And you know, this is this is kind of a little bit of a of a rivalry, if you want to call it that, a little bit of a, a derby of sorts, if you will. So um, very cool to see Med City and Austin Villa um, getting uh, getting together for that one. I do have some breaking news, though, Dom, as we're recording oh. this. So it's a good thing we ran a little bit late today because we actually got <laughs> to kind of overlap with the round of 16 draw for the U.S. Open Cup. Right. Um, so as long as they're putting home team top and, and road team bottom on the graphic, it will be Minnesota United going to Houston to take on the Dynamo in round of 16 of the U.S. Open Cup in a match to be played Tuesday, May 23rd or Wednesday, May 24th. Um, I think of Dynamo in the Open Cup and I think of Mason Toy's emergence for Minnesota <laughs> a couple of years ago, um, helping propel them in that U.S. Open Cup run that they made. So, um, yeah, I mean, I kind of thought it was uh, shaking up to be Minnesota, Chicago round 48 this season, um, <laughs> in their fourth competition or whatever it is, but, uh, no, we get, we get Minnesota and the dynamo. And then the winner of that game will actually play the winner of Chicago and Austin, um, in the quarterfinals. So that's kind of how the, the quarterfinal is going to, is going to shake out for Minnesota United. I'm glad that we got to overlap with that. I'm glad this didn't come out two minutes <laughs> after we went off the air, Dom. Yeah, that's an interesting draw. I mean, I think you know Houston are not amazing this year, so that um, there's 
I think some optimism about that. But yeah, it's uh, gonna be interesting to go on the road to Houston for this game. Um, yeah, that, that's interesting. You know, you, you mentioned Mason toy memories. I recall, for whatever reason, I recall the Houston Dynamo knocked us out of the Open Cup in 2018 or 20. Well, no, it wasn't 2019. So 2018, um, I recall they knocked us out of it. I remember watching that game, but um, I think that was at Houston. But those were two very different teams <laughs> from that. Yes. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I'm, I, you know, I think that's. I think that's a, a workable draw for this team. I think that's mm -hmm. I think that's a game that you can feel you can win. Um, go on the road, you know. Houston again is a team that's had some good games, had some bad games. It's a team that that struggles to really build momentum. I think at home, just because they struggle to necessarily build that atmosphere. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I think it's going to be a challenge. But I think that's a very accessible draw for Minnesota United. And you kind of alluded to this earlier. I think anytime you get to this point in the tournament, whoever you play, it's going to be a challenge. It's going to be yeah. uh, a game that they're likely getting up for. What's really interesting for Houston is they've kind of had their own saga with their star player going on with Ben Olsen not playing, Sebastian Ferreira. Yeah. So, I mean, does that work out in Houston's favor where he's part of any sort of rotation that they put in a match yeah. for the Open Cup? And all of a sudden, now you have to go up against Houston's arguably most dangerous attacker in a rotation scenario, who knows, but um, very interested to see how Minnesota matches up. Um, you know, once you get to this point, it's always going to kind of be a measuring stick where we see how Minnesota really stacks up against some of these you know, better teams. Houston's showing them to maybe not be the, um, the, the bottom tier team that we thought they might be kind of bottom sitters in the West. Um, they've gotten some really decent results so far this year. So um It'll be interesting to see how Minnesota matches up with them and going on the road is never easy in this tournament as Philadelphia just found out going to Allianz Field. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Again, at this stage of the cup, it's every, every game's going to be a slog. Um, yeah. So it'll be interesting. It's interesting, by the way, that it, it's going to be a, a pair of Midwest versus Texas matchups. Uh, I guess we're not doing the region locking on the stage of the, <laughs> of the tournament. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, it's going to be an interesting set of matches. And hopefully if Minnesota can beat this, can beat the, the Dynamo, hopefully that can set up another opportunity to host a, a home game and maybe get a, a, a more full Allianz field for, a, for a, a late stage Open Cup game. So we'll, that would we'll, be very we'll cool. cross our fingers. That would be very cool. Bring back the uh, 2019 semifinal vibes against Portland Timbers. Yes. To, the, to that day, to this day, maybe the best atmosphere I've ever been in at Allianz Field was that. Um, that, that was, was awesome. that was that was a lot of fun. All right, now it's time to end the show like we always do with our picks presented by Better Edge. B e t t o r Edge dot com slash loons gets you $20 in your account. It just poof shows up in your account when you sign up. No, no, no strings, no nothing. Just sign up, use that code loons or go to betteredge.com slash loons to sign up and you'll get 20 bucks in your account courtesy of our friends at Better Edge. All right, so Minnesota United, slight underdogs on the road against SKC on Saturday. Um, over under is two and a half goals. We don't know what kind of lineup the loons are going to be throwing out there, which maybe play into why the line sits the way it does. And obviously Minnesota's past form and league play doesn't exactly uh, bode confidence probably from the line setters either. Um, what do you think here, Dom? Um, I'm going to go with just sort of riding the wave of some of the sort of gritty positives that have come out of particularly the Open Cup game. Um, I'm going to go with Minnesota to win. Minnesota to win this game. Uh, yeah. Yeah. 
this has first goal wins written all over it. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just be real here. Uh, Whoever scores is probably winning this one. So I am going under two and a half total goals. SKC setting MLS records in the wrong direction for uh, goals scored over the early portion of the season. I I think at this point in the schedule, uh, 11 games in, they are, they have the lowest goal total of any team in the history of the league. So um, yeah. Uh, this, this does not call for goals. I don't think in this one. So <laughs> I'm going under two and a half. Dom is feeling the vibes from the open cup and is going Minnesota to win. Um, whether you agree or disagree with us, head to betteredge.com, B E T T O R edge.com slash loons. You can sign up, get that 20 bucks in your account, bet with us or against us on Minnesota and SKC or enter our paid or free weekly pick them contests at betteredge.com as well. Again, betteredge.com slash loons for $20. Uh, in your account. Thanks to our friends at Better Edge for supporting the show. Dom, we have come to that point where you give some nice parting words to the people oh. listening and watching out there. Okay, parting words. Um, yeah, you know, it, it's a really busy time right now. There's a, there's a lot of soccer that's going to start very soon. Um, I, you know, I mostly do the, the, the men's amateur stuff, um, but there's tons happening in the women's amateur day right now as well. So I guess what I'll, what I'll say is, uh, well, first I'll encourage people to continue to pay attention to the stuff that I I, I cover, but uh, make sure along the way that you you take a minute to, to put some attention towards what's going on with uh, the W League, uh, WPSL, uh, the UWS, which is not really present here, but you know all all those leagues that fill in that lower league space for uh, women. Uh, that that's you know coming up at the same time. Uh, and it's a, obviously a huge deal. It's a huge opportunity for the women that are going to be playing for these teams to, to improve their profile, just like the men that play for MPSL, USL, uh, League Two teams. Um, so pay attention. Uh, a lot of uh, Minnesota involvement in those leagues this year. The W League, huge expansion. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. I know this weekend, I think there's a couple um, you know, openers, UPSL women as well, obviously coming. Um, uh, so. USL League Two, Minneapolis City and St. Croix Legends in their uh, yes. USL League Two opener this weekend as well. So yeah. that's going to be a lot of fun. So just keep your eyes peeled, pay attention to as much as you can. I know it's overwhelming. Trust me, I cover it, so I know. Yep. Yep. <laughs> but um, but uh, you know, do what you can uh, if you have the interest. Put put a couple dollars forward and and do what you can. So that, I'll Absolutely. just leave it at that. We appreciate all that support. Honestly, it means the world to us. Again, patreon.com slash soda soccer. The lifeblood of what we do allows us to to pay guys like Dominic to go watch UPSL on a Saturday night. Allows us to, you know, um, support Matthew Johnson and and helping with our Minnesota Aurora coverage. Carter Hoffer with our USL League 2 coverage. It is, uh, you know, it is all systems go in the lower league soccer scene here in Minnesota over these next few weeks. And uh, we appreciate your support at patreon.com slash soda soccer. All right. He's Dominic Cozabizonio. I am Jeremy Rushing. This has been the 10,000 Pitches Podcast. And we will see you guys next week. Bye.